With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Dan, I mean, this is like a weird time now because you know, the Islanders ended almost two weeks ago now so it's usually we're used to having like over two months to speculate about trades in the draft now it's about six weeks so hopefully we'll hear some contract news soon about some of these impending unrestricted free agents yeah it would be nice if we can get uh, a couple guys locked up ahead of time i, I most notably probably laner and lee uh, i would think those two are the most likely i would suppose Although you never you never know in any of the situations, um, but it seems like those two would probably be the most likely. So it'd be nice if they can get those guys done before the draft, and uh, we'll start talking about the draft in a couple weeks too. So we'll have to that'll probably be our next big thing is a draft preview. But until then, it's kind of just uh, speculation. Yeah. So of course, you know the the two priorities are Lee and Leonard. And of course, the Islanders right now are, according to Elliot Friedman, negotiating with Rock Nelson. <laughs> Which, well, no, they I mean you. You might want to bring him back as well, too. Although I kind of, I think I've changed my stance on him. Although I, I wanted him back as a third line center, but now I'm kind of realizing you can't. I don't think you can pay a third line center six million dollars a year. No, I. Mean, I mean, you can, but I mean, you in can. This day and age, I mean, you can. They have them. I mean, that being said, if you, if you do that, you better make sure you get Duchesne as your second line center. Oh yeah, you, yes, yes. If you're bringing Nelson back, he can't be the two C. I understand. No. I think we all understand that. Right. I mean, because. Personally, I don't think a, this would be a successful offseason if they just resign all the UFAs. Right. If they just re- if they even resign three of them and they don't really add, then no, it's not. And, no. and Lou knows that. Lou, Lou's been no, very public. Of course. He said he said you know it was his job at the deadline to try and make the team better, and he didn't, and he owns that. Right. And Trotz also on the you know exit day basically saying that they need more pop. 
So right. this this will get done. Uh, it's, and people so, who act like Trotz is this defensive coach, yes, he is. But, I mean, he changed the system to match his roster, which is what a great coach does. But, I mean, this guy coached Alex Ovechkin for quite a long time right. and Kuznetsov and Backstrom and Carlson. He's used to having skill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really concerned about that. But I am concerned about bringing in some of these guys. Um one thing that we both have been... hey, uh, well, not to interrupt, but John—they just showed John Ledecky at the Yankee game. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's with Mario Rivera. I see it right yep. here. Yeah, he's, he's probably yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. I mean he's I mean he's We're a great. Both watching the same thing. Yeah. As we record this. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a great PR guy, John Ledecky. You he know is, that... he's, he's not the owner. It's Malkin's the owner. Yeah, I mean he, he's the mouthpiece, and you know basically Malkin is the guy who runs runs the team. But uh, right. But that being said, um, these in, you know. All these unrestricted free agents that the owners could sign usually it comes down to money, of course. But sure, and the the talk was that Belmont was supposed to happen mid June. You, you you tweeted that out. You got a couple sources. I was mm-hmm. told maybe now it could well, no, it's be. Not, it's no big secret. It's public. It was public. Now I didn't tweet mid June. I just tweeted after the Belmont. The, there's usually more of a racing season um, at Belmont Stakes. They've moved that the remainder of the Belmont races to Saratoga. And that's actually public knowledge that came from like the New York board of, of racing or whatever. Right. So then what you so be... just to accommodate them for the brown ground breaking, which will happen soon after that. So, okay. So I, I think that's pretty key. I, because I know all these contracts usually come down to money, but if the money's close, they do, you, they you, do. You basically want to know where you're going to play. I, I, right. I, I, I think but you know that other thing too, but I don't think it has that big of a deal when it comes down to it. Because look, look if the, if the original plan was have shovels in the ground in May and they're in the ground in the middle of July, that's really not that big of a, a delay, is it? No, it's, no, it's not a delay, but it, I mean, it could. It's factor. not going to keep anyone from signing. It's not going to keep anyone from signing here. Players care about money and term. That's all they care about. No, but I, I totally understand that. But when contracts are pretty comparable, you you look at the intangibles yeah. and all the variables. So maybe sure. it has two percent, you know, a factor. So, yes, I. But I think I think Lamorello and Trotz outweigh not having shovels in the ground. I, I, I certainly hope so. I, I certainly hope so. I mean, of, of the big three guys, I guess Panarin, Duchesne, Skinner. Uh, I think Panarin comes down to the Rangers, Panthers, and Islanders. Those three, I do too. Yep, I do too. Uh, Skinner, I mean, I could say the Sabers are still obviously involved. Uh, I'm sure the Islanders are definitely going to kick the tires on him. Uh, I don't know who else. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a couple other teams, you know, vying for his services. And Duchesne sounds like Nashville, Columbus, and you know, those two seem like legitimate, right? Possibly legitimate you know, options. Right. But although, although Nashville has to move Subban if they want Duchesne. Yeah, and I don't want any part of that at all. Any uh, part of what? Subin. I'm just saying oh, if he's take, available. I would take Subin in a heartbeat if they retain salary. Well, I, the the fence is not their problem. They need they they need forwards. No, I, I know that I understand that, but they also you know they also need more puck moving defensemen too. So they if do. You move and Le- if you move Letty and you bring, if you move Letty for well, a center and bring in Subban, I would take that in a heartbeat. Well, but I mean, look, I don't, I don't think he's going to the Islanders. It's irrelevant. But no, I'm of just course. saying, of course, if he's on the market, you kick the tires and see what the cost is. Well, that I mean, if Letty is you know being traded for a forward, you know, slash center, that's that's a whole different story. Then you you need sure. a, 
to replace him. But so I'm just saying, if someone a player of that caliber, a Norris defenseman winning uh, uh, the D-man is on it's on the market. You you ask him, you call and ask what the price is. Yeah, I mean, because Nashville has other guys coming. I think Yossi's a free agent after next year, I believe. Yeah, that's gonna be tough because they're he's no spring trick chicken, and they're gonna have to resign him. That's yeah, a tough. That's a tough. He's that's a captain, very similar yeah. decision to what the Islanders are going through with Lee right now. Like, how will Yossi be in four years? Right, right, and, and he deserved his money. He took a team friendly deal for his last contract. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. You want you definitely want to try to keep those defensemen intact because their their window is is kind of shrinking. Hey, will Eric Carlson hit the market? We don't know. Yeah, that, that's that's a tough one too. Uh, I guess it all depends on what the Sharks do this year. How they? Finish. I mean, I, I don't know. You think they would have they would have had that deal done by by now if he was staying? I I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he'd be I, I, I still think Pozelski goes back there, but I'm not sure about Carlson. If he hits the open market, you know, that's another guy you, you obviously kick the tires on as well. Yeah, well, how much was Joe Thornton making this year? Not much. Maybe two. Two? Okay. I mean, cause, he, took, he took a very team-friendly one-year deal. Right, because I think if they obviously win the Cup, I think he's going off in the sunset. Uh, probably. Yeah, and even if they don't, I think he's probably done. Yeah, but I mean that's not that's not safe. They, they, the Sharks don't have cap issues. They can afford Carlson. No, they, they can afford, they can afford him. And I'm sure Pavelski will give them like a to stay kind of a sweet. Yeah, a, a it's just interesting. You know, like I said, you know, yes, the Islanders don't need defensemen, but if a defenseman like that is available, you know, even if Carlson is half the player he used to be, still a 55 to 60 point defenseman. Yeah, I mean, he would end up being your leading scorer pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And you would think he would help a power play. Yeah. But I mean, so, I mean yeah. I'm just saying that there are options. There are there are going to be options out there. There's, uh, and as we play the speculation game, we we do know who we who we think will be available. But there are going to be other guys that emerge as well. Right. And I and, think trade and there's also going to be guys in the trade market too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, going back to Duchesne, you know, you mentioned the Preds. I'm sure the Blue Jackets, and you know, the Islanders will be in on him as well. They've been rumored to be in on him for years now. It seems like. Uh, yeah, and he would be the perfect number two on this team. Uh, but that being said, uh, if they re-sign Brock Nelson, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the free agency. Well, they can still afford him because oh, they, no, they, they absolutely yet. can. But it's right. you're going to give him six million dollars for say five years. I don't know. I mean, it's a tough decision. They need, need two centers, so right. I don't know, and I don't. I don't love the idea of bringing Philip back. He's great, but I kind of want to get a little faster, a little quicker. You know, like I said, if Nelson is your three C, if you had, if you had, um, Barzell, Duchesne, Nelson, and Sezikis, those are four of the best centers in the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in favor if they don't really get a number three, moving up Sezikis. I, I I think he's shown <laughs> that he can. Obviously, score twenty goals. Yeah, know, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe because you have to think Clutterbuck's going to probably be out most of the year. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's leaning towards, you know. So, I mean, the fourth line might be irrelevant next year. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, there's going to be lots of decisions that he had there. But you can also you can also find third line centers around. You can find somebody. Yeah. That being um, said, how you know, how good is DJ Lemayhu? He's very good. If we yeah. go back to we were both watching the Yankees right, right. now. And, yeah, and, that was and Luke Voigt. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Broke out of his um, nice slump today. This team is crazy. I mean, you talk about a team that's, they, you know, obviously uh, is just completely overachieving with, with guys, some of the guys you've never even heard of. It's It's been pretty crazy. Um, but uh, back to the Isles for a second, if I may. <laughs> um, 
I think there's going to be a I mean, there's going to be a lot of options out there. And there's even guys like uh, like like you know Zuccarello could help the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nyquist, Nyquist, I think, yeah. helped. I, I think Nyquist could would not be nearly as much money as some of these guys uh, would cost, and he put up sixty points this year. So, uh, I think there's going to be guys available. I, and I also think there's going to be other teams that are going to aggressively aggressively be trading too, also to set themselves up for the expansion draft in a couple of years. So you might be able to get someone and uh, take on a contract or something. You know, there's going to be there's going to be options for. I, I don't expect to see what happened at the trade deadline to happen this summer. I think there are going to be acquisitions to be made. Yeah, and I, I do think their uh, first-round pick is definitely in play at, at the draft. I think it's in play, but I don't, I, don't, I don't see it getting a ton. Yeah. I mean, I don't, what, what are you getting for the 24th pick? I mean, really. No, I mean, it could be something in a, in a possibly a Letty yeah, deal. Yeah, maybe. I, honestly, you know, in, most, most, in most cases, I mean, like, I know, like, well, the monster was traded to Buffalo for like, uh, uh, you know, which is like the 19th or 20th pick. Right. So maybe, maybe someone like that, you know, yeah. uh, that could, that could help if it's out there. Uh, obviously Lou will do his due diligence, but I mean, I have no problem drafting at 24. There are a lot of good players available around there. It's an extremely good draft. And they, the organization needs centers in the, and they also need goalies in the, in, in the, in the pipeline. So I'd have no problem drafting at 23. Especially since they don't have a ton of picks this year, right. thanks and, to Garth. Right, yeah, thanks to Garth, yeah, freaking Brendan Davidson. But that being said, they have all their picks for next year in case they want to offer sheets somebody. Dan. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Next topic. I'll talk about anything else but offer sheets with you. Yeah, <laughs> it but, just um, makes me angry. Yeah, and, and also, you, what you guys don't realize is Noel texts me during the week. He'll randomly text me an, an upcoming RFA. RFA. It could be anyone random, like Kyle Connor. And he'd be like, "Hey, let's let's offer she him." And it just he drives me. He knows how much it irritates me, and it's working. Yeah, I have to find a couple of good ones for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, he just randomly during the week will just text me, "Hey, let's offer she so and so." And it's like, oh, but, come on, okay. Please. But that that being said, and all kidding aside, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do Casper uh, Kapanen on the Leafs because that that would be difficult for the Leafs to match. Yeah, no, no. I think if anybody's going to get, I think if anybody's going to get offer sheet in the Leafs, I think it's going to be Kapanen or Johansson. Yeah, it's both both guys. Because you can offer those guys around five million to six million, and the uh, and which is a little bit of an overpay, probably. I mean, you know, he's but they're probably worth them in the high fours. You can offer them five and a half to six, and there's no way to let the Leafs could match those. No, because Barnett's contract is going to be close to what Matthews is getting, and it's yeah, uh, and it should be. Yeah, he's he's a great player, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, another guy, I mean, we we kind of spoke about him before. Uh, I mean, not on the show, but just personally, me and you, uh, Kevin Hayes, who I mean might be a guy the Islanders can. Uh, so you, I, I, you're more high on him than I am, and I've talked to Ranger fans and I've watched my share of Rangers games. He just seems like the Rangers version of Brock Nelson. Right. You know, Matt, very inconsistent. And um, you know he gets his points, but not is he always wants you leaving a little bit more. I, th- I think he's better. And he def- wasn't great. He wasn't great in Winnipeg, but I mean he's a good skater. He's a good good size, but he's not very physical. Um, you know, he could be an option. But I don't want him as my number two center. No, I mean I, I'm not. You know, saying he should be like if they sign Brock and they sign him, I, I think that's not really very successful. I think. No, if you sign those two, you still don't have a number two. Center. No, you don't. You, re- you really don't. If, if Nelson, you know, so, turns out to be too much money, you can bring in Hayes to be your third and possibly look to get possibly Duchesne. But this is this is what we talk about now in May. We still have a month of, of all this talk, <laughs> which is. I know. Do we have any actual real Islanders news to report? Actually, we do, Dan. That's a great lead-in. 
Um, yes, I know. I, I thank you. Thank you. I'm yeah. So, uh, I don't know if fans might not know, know the name, but Yannick Rakip, defense, Swiss defenseman who was in Bridgeport this year. And he was on it. Okay. He was okay. He yeah. Was okay. He, uh, he was ATO last year. Um, got waived unconditionally. I'm sure it was by his request because um, he only played about 32 games with the Sound Tigers. And guy had talent. I saw him play a, a few games. Really nice guy as well. Um, problem was, Sound Tigers have a ton of defensive prospects in there. No one gets hurt. No one really got hurt with the Islanders. Only Taze came up. They had Aho, which basically should have been with the Islanders. Parker Wallace, Mitchell Van Sample, Kyle Burrows. So they have all these young defensemen, and they want to have a couple veteran guys in the lineup as well. That's why they have Seth Helgeson and eventually Chris Casto. So they just basically there was really no spot for Yannick Rekheb. And even yeah, there weren't a lot. There wasn't a lot of room for him, unfortunately. No, I mean, and he left. The team did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. It's just you know he probably wants to get released and have an opportunity to go play somewhere else. And uh, 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 like I said, you, you take a chance on these guys, and if they work out, they work out. If not, you, you move on. They didn't really it didn't cost them a ton. Right, and he he left before the playoffs, the Colt Cup playoffs, because he wanted to play with the Swiss national team in the World Championship. So once that mm-hmm. happened, he knew kind of that his fate was sealed. And that's totally fine. Sure. But I shared a couple of things on Twitter, and it's kind of like the same old lazy narrative where European prospects just don't work well with the Islanders. They you know, mentioned, obviously, Jan Kovash. Uh, but you know what? Jan Kovash didn't last in Providence or with the Bruins either. So he he, he went, you know, Kirill, Kirill Petrov, who surprisingly signed and came, didn't really work out either. But these guys should not be guaranteed NHL roster spots if they can't beat out no. NHL players. No, you can't do that. You can't give you can't just can someone an NHL roster spot. That's my fear honestly, that's my fear of Sorkin. I don't want to just if he ever comes over, I just don't want to say, hey, you're the backup goalie. No, you have to fucking earn that. Excuse my French. Whoa. Yeah. But it really you, know, you can't just you just can't just give a guy a roster spot. You have to go in there and earn it. And if you're too good, if you're if you're better than going down going down to the AHL for maybe four or five months, then I don't want you in my organization. I'm sorry. It's a what, what's wrong with going to play in Bridgeport for four or five months? Many players have done it. Go live on the beach in, in Milford or Fairfield, uh, which is one of the nicest places in New England to live, and go play go play in the AHL and go earn your roster spot. Go earn your call up. I don't want things handed to you just because you're great in the KHL doesn't mean you should get a roster spot and you're not above the AHL. No, but you know what? We'll have unfortunately over a year to talk about this topic with him because you know he ain't coming. Yeah, this, we will. This year. I absolutely, I hate that. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You can't just give someone a roster spot. No, definitely not. Because we did that for the owners did that for many years. They did. <laughs> and how well, did that work out? Yeah, they, they had to we're pretty much. That. You know. Yeah, we're try- past that. We're yeah, past that. We're trying to reach and the, look, the I mean, top like, floor he, for years. Sorkin's numbers are fantastic. He's one of the best prospects in the KHL. But, I mean, there have been many other players, in the goalies in the KHL, who had great numbers, Koskinen comes to mind, yeah. um, who come over to the NHL and suck. And I just don't like this. If I don't get a roster spot, I'm going to pout and go home. I, don't, I just don't like that. No. I mean, if, if Sorkin thinks he can play. That's why I liked how they drafted Daniel. They, they drafted Ishikovov, but he's in college. I like that. Draft, if you're going to draft Russians, draft the ones that are in juniors and in, and in college. Yeah, I mean, it, it you know worked out, although they didn't play in college or here, but Sebastian Ajo basically is doing well, flourishing in the minors. He was an all-star player here yeah, as well. Yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, and Otto Koivula, who came out of nowhere this year. Yeah. 
you know, struggled at, at the at the start. Probably had to get you know acclimated to North American game. That's the problem. Some of these guys don't want to adjust. They they just play yeah, a couple. They throw their hands up. I can't do this, and they run back to Europe. Otto Koivula did not do that. Or they don't, they, maybe they don't. They don't want to play three games in three nights either. Th- that's true. That's that's also another another issue. But deal with it. You know, you, you're making the money. You uh, yeah, exactly. You, I, I don't care. You you got to earn a roster. You got to earn the roster spot. I'm sorry. You right. have to do it. You have to win the job. Yeah. Forget Devontae's. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the the uh, Sabres hired a new coach today, Ralph Kruger, who previously was with Edmonton. Uh, another guy who. Potentially could get his first NHL coaching gig is Lane Lambert, who's you know finished his first year with the Islanders, longtime Barry Trotz assistant. I guess he's going to interview in Anaheim. Good luck, great guy. Hope he gets it. But then again, I hope he does it selfishly. Yeah, obviously you want him on your bench and look what he's done with with Trotz uh, over the course of the years. But I mean, this guy's earned the interview. He's earned the right. And there are I'm just there's so many retreads around this league. Yeah, whenever so it's just like this league is so scared to hire guys who haven't been head coaches before. Um, but when they do that, normally it works. I.e., John Cooper, Travis Green, just to name a few. Yeah. So it's like these guys have to get a start. I'm so tired of just recycling in, you know, guys who sucked for the Wild or sucked for the Blues or sucked for the Flyers. And it's like go out of the box. Go to go look at the college ranks. Go look into the AHL. Go look into juniors. You'll find good coaches there. So I have no problem with Lane getting the interview, and I hope he gets a job. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's he's been an assistant coach for years now. You can even look at like you know Jared Bedard in Colorado, who's who's a really good coach. Um, it's yeah, the, the sport more than any. It's just like Elaine Vino's, Mike Yo, all, all these guys. You just you know keeps seeing. It's like enough already. Just give these guys chances, and if they don't work out, then you can bring back the retreads. But at least take a chance on these guys. Yeah, it's difficult, and um, I mean, there is starting to trend more because the Rangers hired Quinn. Yeah, the Stars hired Montgomery, uh, Colorado with Bednar, uh, Travis Green. So you're seeing yeah. guys coming from other places. So hopefully that trend continues because right. there are there are plenty of coaches in the AHL and there are plenty of coaches in college. They'll be fantastic NHL coaches. Yeah, yeah, and I hope um, I can think of like seven. I can think, I can think of seven off the top of my head. Right, and this will probably contradicts what we're just talking about, but I hope. Scott Gordon does get another chance, because you know when he had a somewhat <laughs> he got sent down to the minors. It's kind yeah, of funny. Yeah, and he I guess he cleared through waivers, you know, because no one claimed yeah. him. But I mean, because when he coached the honors, that was pretty much an AHL roster anyway. That was a disaster. He had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, but you know he he, he did a great job. I, had, I talked to I I've heard some stories from from that team, and they apps that team absolutely hated him. him. Yeah, he was like a dude. Hated him. Deer but he had no idea he was, they had no idea he was, what he was doing. He's obviously come a long way since then. Yeah, he, he did a good job the second half in Philly. And, uh, I mean, they, they thought highly enough to keep him in the organization. They, they could have just, you know, said yeah, thank no, you. Good for him. Yeah. So, you know, if Lane Vino doesn't work out in two years, I guess they can bring back up Scott Gordon. I guess it'll have and what's to. Up with the, what's up with the Flyers having two other, like, former head coaches on their bench? How I many head coaches do you need? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I guess when there's a long losing streak, that's that's going to be brought up. I mean, what is it? It's Mike Yo and uh, what is it? Um, uh, Michelle Terrian. Terrian, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know, but then again, I wouldn't mind having a, a former head coach run the power play for the Islanders right now. Yeah, 
you know. Yeah, but it's it's only so much your head coach can do, though. You you need the personnel as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is another topic that we absolutely hate talking about, but we'll bring it up. Yeah, uh, but we have no choice. Yeah, Islanders and politics. You know, because until there's a <laughs> shovel in the ground at Belmont, this is going to be an ongoing issue. And the latest clown to throw his hat or his nose, big shoes and wig, whatever, into the ring is this guy, Bruce Blakeman. I guess he's a councilman for the 3rd District in somewhere on the island. And he sent out all these letters to residents. Mind you, this is not his district. <laughs> Then, you know what? Shut up. Yeah, exactly. So, but his whole, I'm not going to read the letter. It's on Twitter if you want to see it. But I do encourage all Islander fans to write this guy in a civil matter. Matter. Just, or just call. call just call. Office, I'll, 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 I'll give the number out right now. If you want to call his office, okay. it's 516-812-3523. Say you're an Islander fan. Say you're for the arena in Belmont and... Remember the last time the Islanders uh, had issues with a politician? Yeah. She got voted out of office. That's right. Right. Um, he's up for re-election this year. So just stay, stay out of your lane. We're in favor of this. And just mind your business. Because the Coliseum you know, the, the is not... Is all the all the lie. But no, no, it's all the lies. If you read the letter... It's like, careless. You know, the rising it's, crime. Right. The, the cr- rising crime. And, you know, I drive these roads every day. There's already effing traffic on the Cross Island. There's, There's always. already traffic yeah. on the Meadowbrook. There's already traffic on the Southern State. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's very uh, careless letter. They're not building a mega mall there. I mean, come on. They make it seem like they play every night. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's 40 to 60 events a year. Right. Exactly. Um, and the Coliseum it's just, is it's not. It's funny. It's just so funny. Right. And the Coliseum is not NHL caliber. Okay. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. No. But, but just you know, write to him, call, just be you know courteous, and just tell them tell in a courteous way to stay in your lane, pretty much, you know, because hmm. anytime these politicians get involved, it's, they they look so foolish, and it's enough already. But we're going to keep talking about it until we actually see a shovel in the ground. It's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, but you have to you know think. By mid July, that'll be fine, and it will be off and running again. Yeah, let's and hope people can stop stop complaining about it. And they also, the national media always use it as a very lazy narrative as well. So, oh, speaking of um, that, um, this is it's an Islander related. So it was TSN, I think it was had an article about a feature about Rob Brindamore at the city of Carolina. Oh yeah, that was funny. Did you see my response to that? No, I put a couple. Uh, one of my response was because it said. Rod Brendamore had seen the best and worst of this franchise. And I was like, bullshit. There's no way. I'm like, did Rod Brendamore see this franchise when Pierre Maguire was my head coach? Uh, yeah. Or when Zarly Zalafsky was running a power play? Or Frank Angelo, who literally had a hole in his glove, was playing goalie for the Whalers? I mean, no, they, come on. You have no idea. No idea. I love the Zarly Zalafsky reference. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Andrew Castles was this team's number one center for like four years. <laughs> Andrew Castles. Jeez. Yes. Oh, the glory days. <laughs> oh, they were so bad. And that's very fitting. They should wear those Whalers jerseys, those jerks, because um, the entire 80s, those those Whalers jerseys lost to the Bruins in the playoffs. So it would be very, very fitting. Yeah, and it's it's ironic how the sweeps just keep on coming. I mean, okay, it's three games I know that potentially can come back, but Tuka Rask is playing unbelievably, and they're not 
you know, get anything by him. And I think I deserve an apology because Peter Morazic, although he didn't play last game, is back to being Peter Morazic. <laughs> McElhinney, he's played well. Yeah, he has. They're not losing because of their goal. They're, they're actually not losing because of their no, goal. No, no, they're, they're, they're not. He, the Bruins are just so much better. He's so much better. I mean, he has let in a couple, you know, softy goals, but yeah. And yeah, he God, has, but the Bruins have just been I, so much better. God damn it, I can't, can't stand the Bruins. <laughs> just watching. I mean, some of their players I really respect. Then there's Brad Michant. Oh, my God. I know. It's, I know. If he would just play, well, I'm, I'm actually, there's, I've been kind of pro Bruins because former Quinnipiac alumni Connor Clifton's on there and he's right. been a beast. Right. So uh, I, you know, I root for my school. So I've been pulling for him. Love to see him just name in the cup. But uh, with that being said, I kind of want the Sharks or the Blues to win. Yeah, it would, it would be one of those two teams would be if, nice. You know. Oh, uh, how many if the if the Blues play the Bruins in the finals? What's the over under and how many times we see that Gordy Howe goal? Uh, not Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr. Oh God, yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be at ridiculous. least four hundred times. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then that being said, if it's Bruins Sharks, it's all going to be Joe Thornton all the time. Oh, Joe Thornton! I didn't even think of that storyline. My goodness. God. So I mean, it's going to be you know, Ugh. and both series will, will be really good, I, I think. But it's just like both those storylines yeah. are just going to be, ugh. you know. But all right, after the break, um, both Dan and I are going to vent about a various number of topics. That's a tease. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Dan. Um, okay, so Game of Thrones, we both watch. Actually, this is the only thing I really wanted to talk about today. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we'll get to the thing I really wanted to talk about in a few minutes that broke today. Um, so Game of Thrones, it's in the eighth season. The final episode's coming this Sunday. It's probably the last water cooler show with all these streaming shows now that release everything all at once. This is probably the last, like, water cooler show that everyone talks about the next day. No, there's going to be a new Game of Thrones next year, remember? So. Yeah, that's, I, whatever, I don't, it, what, you know, prequels never work. Yeah, but they, it's, it's like 400 years in the past, so I mean, it's whole, it's a whole new world. Yeah, you know, what's Jar Jar Binks going to be in this one, too? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so. Well, I'm a, I'm a little concerned because these guys are going to be doing the next Star Wars movies. Too. Yeah, yeah, so we'll, we can get to that, uh. Later. Um, so yeah, everyone, you're getting a full nerd review here for the next ten minutes. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Okay, so I'll, I'll let you have the floor, and I'll, I'll rebut. Okay. Overall, this season has not been great. Um, it's been. It looks amazing. The cinematography is beautiful. The special effects are seamless. Um, but the problem is, it looks like a Michael Bay movie where it's just all flash and no substance. It's just the writing has been shaky at best. It seems rushed and it seems forced. Instead of doing six episodes, maybe spread it out a little bit more and do ten. I mean, characters just did not get the justice that they deserve. I mean, Jamie Lannister deserved a better fate. Um, I'm trying to think of who else does. Uh, who else went out? 
Uh, oh, Cersei, of course. Um, that like the way she went out is just mind blowing. It's like you have one of the greatest supervillains in recent television history, and she basically, you know, died in an industrial accident. Um, but she, you know what? Equivalent- she, she did nothing this season. She just stood. No, wait. Way. She was never on the show, I, and she was making a million dollars an episode. So I know for her. Um, but it, it's the equivalent. Her dying that way is the equivalent of like Darth Vader tripping down the stairs. <laughs> and breaking his neck. I mean, it was just terrible. That's not the way you go out. It's just not the way you go out. I mean, Kylo Ren dying in a farming accident. That's what they, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, that's not the way the supervillain's supposed to go out. No. And it's just really irritating. It's like, yeah, I get the heel turn with Daenerys. I get all that. You kind of saw that coming. But also that seemed forced and completely contradictive to the last seven years of a character. You know what? Um, no, not really. Because yes, no. Well, maybe at least plus six years. You know, we're having her. You know, one justice for all and all that crap. But no, but you you, you kind of saw her like mean streak a few times throughout the, the years. I mean, yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't like that. And another thing, two, two more. I have two more points. Okay, then the floor is yours. <laughs> um, can one dragon do that much damage? Thank you. Like to, to, to stone walls. I mean, is that possible? And then the episode before, they had those scorpion. Um, like crossbows right. that were basically like heat-seeking missiles or getting a headshot from the cross the board in Call of Duty like with a pistol. Like they were just sniping dragons. And then the next episode, they can't hit the broad side of a barn. And they have like a hundred of them and they're all taken out by one dragon. Once again, ah, I don't know. It just, it looked amazing. It was, it was, it was just gorgeous and beautiful. And Arya is still alive. So that really, at the end of the day, it's all that matters because she's the best character in the show. But uh, it just it just it seems rushed. It's disappointing, and I feel like next week it'll be like after the last episode of Lost, I'm just going to be disgusted. All right. Well, you know the biggest problem I think and you mentioned a little bit that they only did six episodes, so they were kind it's of just too it's rushed. It just seems rushed, right? And then for up until I think season six, they took their time with everything. Basically, you spent yeah. three episodes with you know a character going five feet. And, you know, it was a big event when characters met. Here, it's... Well, the thing, too, the thing, too, is, is no, is they spent so long developing the Night King and, and Bran. Like, you know, the Night King and the Raven, the Night King and the Raven, the Night King and the Raven. And it's like, and then nothing happened with that. It's like the, it's like the equivalent of, like, watching all the Marvel movies and then telling you that the Infinity Gauntlet doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and from the episode one of season one, we knew about the White Walkers. And the, right. whole, the whole narrative of the show was the winter is coming, the winter is coming. So this one episode where I had no problem with the way it was shot because it was at night. Well, no, that it, was done intentionally. I know. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was I had no problem with I know a lot of people You're, did. That's what it's supposed to look like. Right. I had no problem with that. The problem was it was just one. I just thought it was brilliant. Right. Exactly. Just one episode. It was over and done with. You knew it was episode three, I believe. And then it's like episode three. This is going to be done in one episode. They're going to move on to Cersei. And it's just like, okay, they tied it up with a bow. I had no problem with Arya killing the, you know, the Night King. It just should have been No, that was good. Actually, I thought that episode was one of the better ones. That was a good episode. I I mean, I still had some issues with that, but few and far between. I thought overall that was a really good episode. No, I mean, you know, I I liked, you know, uh, Theon getting kind of his redemption. I do too. I thought thought they gave him, you know, they gave him due diligence. Right. Um, The whole brand thing, I mean... The whole episode, the finale could just be him ninety minutes staring at a tree. I don't care. It could just, be. It's enough already with him. It just they kind of just butchered that whole character. 
It's it's a shame. Um, a couple other. But they spend so much time with him and the Night King, and now it just means yeah, nothing. Yeah, it, it means nothing, and it's just like I don't even think he's a likable character anymore. No, I, well, Daenerys was, and I was sick of her weeks ago. So I, you know, I, if if yeah. Jon Snow, you know, cuts her head off, I'm perfectly fine. But with that. You know, it's, and I like don't have. I know a lot of people probably named their kid Daenerys. It's going to have issues with it now. Cause, but <laughs> suckers. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm naming my son Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, or, or yeah, that's good, or George yeah. Costanza. Yeah, exactly. Our Vandalay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the highlight of last episode, I thought, was basically. The, you know, the mountain and the hound. That was tremendous. Yes, that was good. That, that, that was that, that definitely was uh, worth the price of admission. That and anytime you see Jamie and Tyrion together, oh, it was great too. It, it, but the great. way Jamie went out by that, uh, such an annoying little prick. Ah, uh, just really, Jamie deserved so much better than that. It was also like they just didn't know what to do with him. No, they didn't. And you know, the whole like Euron fight. If, if okay, at that point. You're going to go for a boat. You're not basically, I love Cersei, you love Cersei. You get the boat and get the hell out of here. But no, they yeah. had a fight. And then Euron went to his grave thinking that he killed Jamie. Which, I mean, come on. That's that's kind of lame, too. I'm the man who killed nah, Jamie it Lattison. Just, it just forced and rushed. You know, but that being said, I know you love Arya. I do, too. She should have died that episode. There were so many times where, I mean, really, she's like, Every two seconds, another building came on her. She's a Jedi. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, her, her uber horse, horse was there to take her yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But I you think Bran sent it to her. But you know what? Then they should have had a little bit of like suspense. But that the, was a the last scene, though. That was just a beautiful scene. That was a beautiful scene. But you don't need that. Have that at the beginning of the next episode. Have her just on, on the, the rubble, passed out. Is she alive? Is, is she dead? Have some suspense building to the ne- next episode. There's oh, no there's suspense. plenty of suspense for, for Sunday. There's no suspense for next week. Yeah, is how how is how many events is it going to take before John kills Daenerys, and then what happens after that? He he'll turn it over to Sansa. Sansa's going to be on the on the throne. I don't know. You know, it's I don't even. I, you know, part of me doesn't even care at this point. Yeah, but you know, like, how many shows, like if you look at it, really ended on like a high note finales? Breaking Bad. Yeah, not Breaking Bad was good. Um, I thought Cheers was good. Cheers was good. I thought The Office did a good job with its finale. It did, but it, it, um, it did it's, a lot. The last two seasons were terrible because there was no Michael Scott, but the last three or four episodes of that show were really good. And then the way they ended it, I thought was fantastic. That was good. Um, but Breaking Bad was always good. Like Parks the, and Rec ended well. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and I know you don't watch Veep, but Veep ended great last week. That show was okay. awesome. You got to watch that show. You would really... I tried to. I didn't like it. Oh, come on. Give it, a, give it another chance. Um, no, I, know you I, mentioned... I watch too much shit. Either you, I like it I, or I don't. You have like four or five episodes, and if I don't like it by then, I'm not going to. What didn't you like about it? I just didn't like it. Okay. I didn't laugh. Really? I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it didn't grab me. Okay. I, I'd much rather watch Barry, which is one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, I, I heard that. I'll have to get to that, too. I'm like pretty far behind on a, a few shows but it's fantastic yeah but yeah that being said um i don't know is it an hour and a half show two hours on sunday for Game of i Thrones? don't think it's at least 90 minutes yeah all right so we'll, we'll see what happens i mean there's not really much suspense left i mean are we going back to winterfeld at all I mean, who knows? <laughs> it's much like the Islanders off season right now. It's all speculation. I'm yeah. trying to bring it back somehow. Right. Okay. So now we've got to 
Dragon Fire to a dumpster fire. I know this is an Islander podcast, but a lot of Islander fans. But it's fans, the off season, and there's nothing to exactly. talk about. Exactly. A lot of Islander fans, <laughs> like and myself. Our bosses want us to put content out. So right, exactly. It's the best we can do right now. Right. It's the best we can do right now. Right. Sorry, folks. And a lot of Islander fans, like myself, are also Jet fans. And it's pretty sad when the Islanders are the, probably the second most stable organization in New York behind the Yankees. They really are. It's, it's, it's funny how quickly that happens. Yeah, it's, the Giants are a train wreck, the Knicks, whatever. I mean, the Nets, I guess, are okay, but... Um, poor Knicks. I feel bad for Knicks fans. Yeah, whatever. It's, you know, you make your bed. Um, but the Jets, okay. I have no problem firing Mike McCacken, because he's... But a, why, don't you, why don't you do it before the draft? That's the point. You, you let this guy... First of all, spend over a hundred million dollars signing players, <laughs> and then and well, he did. A, I thought he did a pretty good job. I mean, I'm not a huge he, football fan, but everyone I've talked to seems like they've had a really good offseason. They did. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, obviously the best running back on the market. That's probably what the rift was between Adam Gaze and McCagney. The money, but you know what? If you're the head coach, who gives a crap how much you're spending on a player? Just bring the player in. He's a great security blanket for Sam Darnold. It's football. You can cut a guy whenever you want. You know, half the money's guaranteed. The contract wasn't too bad. They got one of the best defensive players on the market, C.J. Mosley. So I mean, it looks like they had a good. It looks like they had a good draft. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Barr, who actually was going to sign with the Jets, went back to Minnesota. But whatever, if you don't want to come, to hell with you. But and then you let the, the guy draft, who yeah, his track record in the draft is not great. I mean, no. you got Darnold, Sam, uh, Sam, Jamal Adams. Besides that, you know, Christian Hackenberg, I mean, Durant, Darren Lee, I mean, some of these guys are not great. They're not even with the team anymore. So Yeah, it's, it's just, just weird. A, it's a really weird. total dumpster fire. And then you have Woody Johnson, who he still owns the team, but he had, I guess, relinquished to his brother Chris, because so, now he's the ambassador, I think, to United Kingdom. Uh, I think that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so now Chris Johnson, who basically pretty much like Scott Christopher, Gordon. Christopher Johnson. Yeah, whatever. Call him Chris. Um, <laughs> is a to- a total joke. Basically, two months ago, saying how, he- and you know, it's all the the dreaded uh, seal of approval, you know. But then he co- totally contradicted himself today, saying, "Oh, I've been watching this deep dive of this organization for a while now and seeing issues, and you know, issues." And but Adam Gaze better be able to walk on water. Because this coach is a losing coach, and now he's like has the keys to this freaking ridiculous franchise. Well, I mean, okay. his eyes, his eyes, they'll definitely be. Uh, he'll be able to focus, right? Oh my! <laughs> his I eyes mean, will be bugging out. Yeah, I mean, this might be. I don't know if this is going to be a bold prediction, but I don't think he lasts this season. Because it's bold. They're not going to be that bad. I don't know a ton about football, but they're not going to be. That I mean, bad. I projected that division's a train wreck. No, it's not. So I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it Basically, is. you're fighting for second place. Second place, which the is Bills six wins. The, the Bills and the Dolphins are terrible. The Dolphins are a joke. The Bills, eh. and then the Jets. The Jets maybe could have gotten eight wins this year, which that wouldn't have gotten anything really because the Patriots. The Patriots can win basically ten games this year, and they're going to win that division. But whatever. I mean, it's just the Jets. It's the you know. But who would have thought, if we take it back to the Islanders, because we're an Islanders podcast, yes. who would have thought in the course of less than a year, or about a year, right? Well, yeah, about a year. Yeah, about a year now. Yeah, about a year, that this team would completely turn around its public in its public image. It's it, it's no longer the laughing stock of New York or the league. And it's one of it just suddenly become one of, uh, just a stable, well-run organization, professionally. 
Who would have thought that? When you when we watched that press conference last year with Ledecky, Snow, and Wait, uh, you know, basically Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> uh, that was one of the most maddening press conferences we've ever seen. Um, who would have thought a year later this is where this team would be? Yeah, I mean, just like the stars, you know, lines, uh, you know, first Lou and then Barry Trotz resigning. I mean, it just it was like a perfect storm. It, it really it's one worked. of those things. It's one of those things where it just shows how important it is to be run from the top up. And if you're it just, if you're buttoned up from from the top, it just trickles down throughout the organization. This organization is fine now. It's stable. And that's why I think and I think other, I think the rest of the league sees that. Like, look, the national media is what they are. They don't follow the team very closely. They love taking their shots, especially the uh, the smug Ontario, the <laughs> smug province of Ontario. Right. But the players see it. The players see the difference. You think Kucherov was saying that this team was easy to play against this year? Oh, absolutely remember, not. Yeah. Remember that famous right. quote? Like, you know, basically he said the calendar's gone. Yeah, and someone said it on the Capitals too, right? Wasn't it Kuznetsov? Yeah, it was Kuznetsov. Yeah, yeah, he said it too. And yeah, yeah, no, like, and you even look at Bridgeport, how, you know, and it, you had people killing, you know, Brett Thompson for years now. Well, was it Brett Thompson, yeah. right? The team you bring in the right guys, you bring, like you said, from the top up. It's a well-run organization now, and unrestricted free agents look at that as well. That's part of yeah. the, you know, the two percent, you know, where the arena and all the other intangibles come. Is a well, you know, one thing we didn't talk about quickly before we leave, sure. this is going to be our, our, our last topic. Noah Dobson uh, has a chance to win another Memorial Cup. Um, and you know what? That's great. I hope the kid does win another one. Uh, he was the most uh, outstanding player of his league, right. which is the Q. And uh, at the same time, though, doesn't he have to go back to juniors next year? Well, like, he, how can you ask a kid that, that could potentially win two straight Memorial Cups that he has to go back to juniors and can't play in the AHL? I hate that rule so much. Yeah, the rule is, is, is terrible. Because if he was in college or Europe or a free agent from Latvia, he could go play in the AHL. I know. Like Wallstrom is barely not eighteen. He's barely nineteen right. years old. Is he even nineteen yet? Wallstrom is he still eighteen? I think he's still eighteen, and he I, played in, in the AHL this year and it was fine. Yeah, and he played well. I mean, he, there should be an exception, just like a one or two player exception per team, if that's what we want to do. Yeah, or, or you know what? I mean, then compensate the junior team for it. You know what? If you sign to give them some kind of like you know exit fee or something like that for for the player to leave as well, I don't. Yeah. You know something like that, but it, it, it it's 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 going to be interesting because they're going to give them a hard look if obviously they don't if they lose Letty or something like that and they keep kind of status quo. If they, the if, they, if they trade Letty and they don't sign any other defensemen. Um, I think it would be. I honestly think that roster spot will be between Aho and Dobson. Yeah, and you can give. Um, you know, obviously, you can start the season with Aho down if you had to. And yeah, but I think it, whoever those two go win, go win a spot. You know what I mean? Right, and you can give Dobson the nine games audition to see how he is because who knows? I mean, you know, Barzal didn't get a court great audition there's two games you know obviously different you know people running the team back then but yeah just slightly yeah so it's going to be interesting <laughs> and you know another guy too although he's probably a year behind uh dobson is Bodie wild who i think but i believe Bodie wild is eligible to play in bridgeport next year oh then you know what that's even better 
get, yeah, get I think get he's old. I think he's I think he already played his three years of juniors. Nice. Um, okay. and yeah, yeah, I believe he's he's a year older, I believe, when he got drafted, so I think he's eligible. Right. So I mean he's probably I don't 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 quote me on that, but we'd have to ask uh, you know, one of the, the guys, you know, one of our guys, but and actually maybe I can ask research at work, but because that rule is just so convoluted. But I do believe he's eligible for Bridgeport. Oh great. I mean that just you know, it's another guy down there. It's maybe that's also what Yannick Rakets are too. Just another yeah. guy coming and just crowded. the writing's on the wall, yeah. Yeah, but all right, Dan, this was fun, and maybe we'll have a Thrones recap show next week as well. <laughs> we might have to because I'm sure I'm gonna be angry, and I have nothing angry right now that be mad. I, there's no reason to be mad at this franchise. So I really, you know, all the all the uh, the years and, and and all the days and all the episodes that we had a screaming about this team. There's nothing really to scream about yet. Now July 3rd comes, and this is still the same roster. Then that's a whole different story. But right now I'm good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll keep screaming about the Jets because that's just a train wreck, but all right, Dan, good one. See ya.